You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, I want to talk to you today about navigating change and how change is God's way of bringing growth in our life. Now, you know, I think about 2020, (laughs) uh, what a, we all want to forget it, but, you know, it it was a a challenging year for for all of us. As a matter of fact, there's still lingering effects of 2020 now as we're in 2020-21, but there's one thing that you can be certain of, nothing stays the same. And in that situation, aren't we glad? And and that situation, change is something that, hey, yeah, let's let that pass. Let's move on to good things. Everything, church, is affected by time. You can be absolutely certain that nothing really in this life is going to stay the same. And because of the events of, of 2020... You know, many of us had to put plans on hold. There were certain things that we wanted to do, maybe dreams that we were wanting to fulfill, businesses that we may have wanted to start or, or a vacation that we may have wanted to go on, whatever. I don't know what it is, but we had to learn to be patient. <laughs> and we had to learn to pray. And we had to learn to trust and to wait on God. And those are all good lessons to learn. Can I have an amen? And those are all things that we need to get a hold of. But, it, but if we're not careful that idleness can become a habit. That, that slower pace and putting things on hold can ultimately become a snare in our life. And the fact is, if you're going to, to rise to a new dimension of growth in your life, then you have to be able to learn and understand change. Change is something that is inevitable. As a matter of fact, very few things in life are meant to be permanent. That's just the facts. I mean, and the the problem is, is we're creatures of habit, right? All of us have our routines, you know, we have our routines in the morning when we get up, certain things that we do, you you know, we have our routines at night, and, and some of those things are good, like waking up and reading your Bible and having devotion time and praying. But, but maybe at night, late night snacking is not necessarily a good habit pattern that we've developed. So we are creatures of habit and we tend to fall into routines very easily. So we get used to doing things the same way over a period of time. And after doing the same thing over and over and over again, that just be, kind of becomes what we do just kind of who we are. You know, when I was growing up on a farm in, in my teen years, my dad and my grandfather were both cattlemen and ranchers, and, and you know, we just lived out on farms. And, and there would be the front entrance to the farm, and then, you know, there would be pastures way in the back that you would need to get to because you would run the cattle back on the back pastures and whatnot. And, and so the way that you basically formed roads back in those days is you just found a particular path that you chose to take and you just begin to drive your, your cars and your trucks and your tractors up and down that particular path that you've chosen to go. And all of a sudden, over a period of time, a road itself begins to develop. Well, and then it rains and, and you know, the ground gets wet and, and soft and you continue to drive over those roads, then ruts begin to form. 
in the roads. And these ruts, over a period of time, they, they get really deep. As a matter of fact, it, it almost it just sucks your tires into those ruts. And you have to be very intentional if you're going to, you know, steer yourself out of that. And, and there were even a couple of times I remember after we had some really good rains, you know, we got a, a truck stuck in those ruts. And just like those roads were developed on our farm, those kinds of things can happen in our life. You know, familiar roads that we continue to go down, well, they were good when they first started, but over time, they've become ruts in our life. You can even become stuck. We get comfortable with a routine. We accept a place that we're in, in a moment, as a permanent place. And God never meant for us to stay there permanently. It has a season. It has a reason. It has a, a moment in our life. And, and when this happens, like I said, we, we get stuck, and it keeps us from experiencing God's best for us. It holds us back. And the truth is, most things in life are subject to change. And this is God's way of progressing us forward. It, it's God's way of really nudging us and pushing us into the next level. The problem begins when we think or we hope that this is the way that it's always going to be. You know, there's some things in life that we just don't want to change. There's certain seasons of life that, that we love, we, we think are great, and we just want to stay in that, that one place. <clears throat> For example, you know, there's certain people in our life that are going to be in our life, like family. They're going to be there for a long period of time. But not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. Some people are meant to play a predetermined role in your life, and then that season of time comes to an end. They're sent to us by God to help grow us. Amen? Help expand our thinking. Maybe experience new freedoms in our life, or, or learn to walk in a greater level of wisdom and a greater level of maturity. They help to mentor us or maybe guide us through a difficult stage of life or a difficult season of life. And obviously, we never want them to leave. We want them to be there all the time. But you see, if God didn't move them away, they could end up hindering you instead of helping you grow into what God wants you to be. We have to be mature enough to recognize when someone's part in our story has come to an end. And we have to be mature enough to recognize when our part in someone else's story has come to an end. Like I said, it's hard because we naturally want to resist change. Human nature just wants us to kind of stay in the same place, just the status quo. Let's just not rock the boat. Let's keep things the way they are. I remember watching my boys as they were growing up. You know that cute stage when they're really young? Man, the Nerf guns and the sword fights and jumping on the trampoline. And, you know, I remember those days. And I, and, I, and I remember thinking, man, I wish they would just stay this way forever. But they don't. You know, they grow up into annoying, opinionated young adults that you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but... but you know, I remember thinking, man, I, I wish that they could just stay in this place. I see our young children in our church, and they're so cute. And I think, man, if they could just stay there forever. But then we get to experience young women up on our stage like Sierra, 
who have grown up into awesome young women leading us in worship. Now, I had a picture pop up in my time hop the other day of her when she was real little, and I sent it to her, and I'm sure she thought that was very annoying, but <laughs> I thought she looked very, very cute. <clears throat> but we, we tend to resist change. Listen, we have to learn to trust God and learn to see things from God's perspective. And we can know if God closes a door in our life, it's only because God wants to open another door that's going to lead us into a greater level of influence and blessing in our life. Time moves forward, not backwards. If God wanted us living in the past, he would have made time go backwards instead of forwards. Time moves forwards because God wants us to continue to look into the future for the new things that he has in our life. You know, it's easy to think that we couldn't make it without certain people. Boy, I know I've thought that. I thought, how could I possibly make it without this friend that's in my life? How could I make it without this mentor, maybe a teacher that was in your life or a, a coworker or, or a neighbor or even a pet? How could I possibly make it without this person in my life? And what happens is, is we become too dependent upon them. See, God never wanted us to replace him with them. No, what God wants us to do is thank him for them and understand their role in our life. Can I have an amen? And see, just like God supernaturally brings people into our life, God supernaturally removes people from our life. And this type of change and transition, it's never easy. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I wish I could say that it was, but it, it, it's honestly not. It's emotional. It's difficult. It's not easy to navigate. And it's in these moments that we can become very upset with God. We can become very angry with God because we don't necessarily always understand what God is doing behind the scenes. We're unable to see the full picture. And so sometimes it causes us to question God's motives and, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why is this season changing? Why does this person seem to be leaving out of my life? But we have to know that God loves us. God knows what's best for us. And God is positioning people in and out of our life in different seasons and stages so that he can bless us and continue to grow us. You know, many years ago, um, when I was early in the ministry here, there were a couple of guys that were on staff that were, you know, pretty close to my age. And man, we, we did life together every day and we just had the best time. We'd cut up and and play and goof off and, and then also do ministry, you know, and, and act like we were working when Tim was around. But we, we had a great time together, and we became very close friends. We did life together. We hung out together. I mean, in, in my mind, at that time, I never even imagined it being any different than that. But then after a season of time, God moved this one on to this place, and God moved this one on to this place. And, and I remember having to deal with that. It was lonely. It was difficult. It was hard. It was even kind of confusing for me. God, why would you bring people into my life only to ultimately remove them out of my life? See, I didn't realize it at the time, but God was doing that. 
God was working behind the scenes. And now I can see as I look back that had they stayed where they were, ultimately they would have hindered what God was wanting to do in me. They would have hindered the growth and the new things that God was wanting to do in my life, and I probably would have done the same to them. You know, I've seen a lot of people come and go in our ministry over the 30-plus years that I've been here. And when you've worked with the number of young adults and the number of people that that we have here in our ministry, you learn a, a really important lesson. And I want to share this with you this morning. God has a part for you to play in people's lives, and he has a part for them to play in your life. It's very important that we understand that. And whether it be people, whether it be places, whether it be circumstances, seasons, stages of life, whatever it may be, let me give you some good advice. Never hold any of those things too tight. I've just learned to hold everything with a loose grip. Because the fact of the matter is, if you hold on to people too tightly, it's going to be very difficult when God is wanting to transition them out of your life and take them into a new season to produce growth in your life. It's going to be very difficult for God to pry your fingers open. That's a painful thing. Trust me, I've experienced myself. So it's very important that you hold people, hold circumstances, hold places in your life with a loose grip. You know, maybe it's not changes in the area of people in your life today, but maybe it's changes in circumstance that God's wanting to bring to force new growth in your life. Maybe it's time for you to change up your routine. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you to change your eating habits, change your exercise routine in your life so that God can move you in to a new season. Or maybe it's God prompting you to step out, like Eric was talking about this morning, stage hosting. Step out, serve in church. Stop allowing fear, timidity, laziness to keep you from stepping into the new places of influence that God wants to use you. Could be a new position at work. Might require more responsibility of you. But God wants to use that to grow you, to take you to another level where he can bless you. Possibly it's a move for your family. Maybe God's been stirring you and moving you. It's time for you to make a move, to move to a new city, to move to a new home, to move to a new location. Maybe you're new in Christ and you haven't been walking with the Lord for very long and and God's going to begin to remove some old friends out of your life so that he can bring some new friends in. You know, I think about the changing of the seasons and, you know, we just came out of winter and man, I'm so glad because I I don't like winter. (laughs) It's it's ugly, it's everything's dead and it's wet and cold and all of that stuff. I love spring and I love summer and I love fall, but winter, I'm just not that. But, you know, I understand the necessity of winter. As a matter of fact, I understand the necessity of all seasons And one of the things that you can know about winter is there's a purpose for it. Those leaves on the trees that have been there for a long time, they become diseased. They have problems and issues that it can produce for the tree. And so what God begins to do is he begins to dry that leaf up, and then ultimately the winds of change blow them away. But if that didn't happen, that new growth in the spring couldn't come in. 
And we all admire the blossoms that are happening now, the flowers that are coming in. It's beautiful. But see, that process of change has to take place if we're going to experience those things in our lives. My point is this. If you're going to continue to grow, you have to embrace change. Can I have an amen? I think it's important to note that healthy things grow. I'm going to say that again. Healthy things grow. And if you're not growing, if you're not pressing forward, then the only alternative is, is you're dying. You're becoming stagnant, stale. So even in our walk with the Lord, maybe the way that we used to do devotion, maybe the way we used to pray, maybe the Bible study that we used to go to, God's wanting to change things up. He's going to move you into a new path so that you don't make a rut that eventually becomes a place that you get stuck. No, God's going to shift you into something different. Whether it be people, whether it be circumstances, your destiny is not tied to another person. And your destiny is not tied to an experience or even a stage or place in life. No, your destiny is tied to Almighty God. And Almighty God is the one that is to lead and direct our lives, not our flesh, not our fears, not our laziness. And for this reason, God will have people there to help us. But at some point, God wants you to lose the training wheels. Well, I remember in the early years, Tim helping me and Ultimately, you know, he said, Paul, you're going to have to get up there and preach on your own. I'm going to have to go out of town. You're going to have to run the show. Man, that was terrifying to me. I thought, well, what if I mess up? What if I, what if I fail? What if I blow it? But that was the only way in those young, early years of me being in the ministry that God was going to be able to grow me and develop me. I had to embrace that change. No one denies, no one denies that change is is difficult, but for many people, they just want to do everything in their power to avoid things changing. Well, the danger with that is, is you just get stuck. You know, once again, when I was growing up on a farm, we had several horses, and I remember my dad had a couple of horses that were really horses that he really liked. He spent a lot of money on them. He spent time. He trained them. He got them where they were really good riding horses. I remember my younger sister got a barrel racing horse, and we trained that horse, and it got to be a really good horse, and she rode it quite a bit. But, you know, as time passed, that horse got older and older and older, and then that horse died. And I remember my grandfather, when I was growing up, my papa, he would always say, you can't ride a dead horse. You just can't ride a dead horse. And for some people, that's what they're doing. Maybe for you today, maybe it's time for you to get off the dead horse and get on a new horse. I don't know where you may be today, maybe a certain area of life, maybe a certain routine in life, maybe a certain group of people that you're doing life with, but I want to encourage you. Don't try and talk people into staying in your life when God is the one that is wanting to move them out of your life. It may not be a person, could be old ways of doing things. It just could be old routines that have become stagnant. Listen, you're never too old to learn to do new things. You know, our pastor's mother is over having a women's seminar right now as I'm speaking. They're probably getting ready to wrap up. And I just have such a great relationship 
with Hetty Lou Brooks, and I love her so much. She played such an instrumental role in my life when I was coming up young here being developed. And we've known each other for a very long time. Well, the other, the other day, probably oh, a month and a half, two months ago, I got a text on my phone, and I pulled my phone out and, and went to look at who it was, and, and it said, it may be, or possibly, Hetty Lou Brooks. I took a double take, and I said, are you serious? So I swiped up my phone, and I went to my message, and sure enough, it was our 90-plus-year-old pastor's mother who started our church who's texting me on my iPhone. I about passed out. I thought, listen, if a 90-plus-year-old lady can learn how to text who never even grew up with computers or mobile phones, surely we can allow God to introduce new change, new growth. Come on, new life. We can all do it. Nobody's ever too young to experience change. Things are always changing. God's a progressive God. It used to be very difficult for me when people would leave our church. You know, I felt like maybe I had failed in some way. Maybe we didn't do a good enough job. But the fact of the matter is, God moves people in and God moves people out. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily gotten any easier when they leave. It's definitely emotional. It's definitely hard. But you have to recognize that sometimes when God moves people out of your life, it's a gift. Now, I know it's hard to think that way, but it's true. There are times that God can bring people into your life, and there are times that God can remove people out of your life, and both of those times, it is a gift. Don't be sad. Rejoice. It's a necessary part of your growth. As a matter of fact, some of you are thinking, well, if it's a gift, I got a whole list of names that I can give God of a few people that I want to get moved out of my life right now. Maybe it's some in-laws in your life. I don't know. But my point is we have to be willing to let people go when it's their time. You know, in the Old Testament, when God delivered the children of Israel out of the hands of Pharaoh, he led them out into the wilderness and God had them Uh, build a tabernacle out of a blueprint that he gave them. It was basically a portable place for them to meet with God in the tabernacle. God didn't have them get dozers and, and dig footings. God didn't have them lay concrete in the ground so that this would be an immovable place to meet with him. No, it was a place that was meant to be portable. It was movable. See, God didn't just have them in the desert in one place, and they never do anything different. No, as a matter of fact, during the daytime, the Bible says there was a cloud that was over the tabernacle that kept them cool in the desert heat. And at night, when it got cold, there was fire that would keep them warm. But every so often, as they were going throughout their daily routines, just living their lives there, all of those millions of people, the cloud would slowly begin to move. And that was a sign to them that it was time to begin to pack up that tabernacle, get everything put together, because they had to follow the cloud and where God was taking them. You know, our life is the same way. We tend to want to put down stakes. We tend to want to pour the concrete, stay put, stay stuck. 
But we've got to be willing to follow the cloud, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when he directs us and when he moves us in life. See, when God wants us to make a move, when God wants to change our lives, he'll slowly begin to nudge us by the Holy Spirit. You know, you just sense something is about to happen. You can't really put your finger on it. You don't really know exactly what it is, but you just sense change is coming. God's wanting to do a new thing. And, you know, you get a little apprehensive and you're a little concerned and you're a little worried, but ultimately, we can all look back in our life and there were people that we resist maybe leaving our life, but now that they've left, we recognize that was important for them and their growth and it was important for us. And the fact of the matter is, had God not led them out of our life, that new person never could have come into our life. See, it's important that we learn to trust God when he's doing new things. There's another story in the Bible. I don't know if y'all have ever read this one over in Judges chapter 7. It's about Gideon. It's a very interesting story. Uh, I'm glad I'm not him, and I'm glad I wasn't in his situation. As far as that goes, I'm glad I'm not in a lot of situations that a lot of the people were in in the Old Testament. But it was a time where the Israelites were really being oppressed by the Midianites. Every seven years, the Midianites would come and rob them of all that they had, their crops, their, their horses, all that they produced, the Midianites would come and take. And Gideon, um, he was the least of his tribe, and he was fearful of the Midianites, so he was threshing out wheat down in a wine press. Normally, you get up on a hill where the wind's blowing, you, you know, you throw the wheat up in the air, and the, and the chaff, the outer covering of the wheat would separate, be blown away, and the wheat would come back down, and you'd gather it up. But he was down in a wine press hiding, and an angel appeared to him. He said, hell, mighty man of valor. And he was like, who? <laughs> and he said, you. And God's got this assignment for you. God wants to use you to overcome your enemies. And so God gave Gideon a very incredible responsibility of putting together an army to go to defeat the Midianites. And so he made this announcement, and lo and behold, 32,000 men rallied by Gideon's side. Can you imagine how he must have felt? Yes! The confidence that he must have had. The encouragement that he must have had, we're going to go and beat these guys. I got 32,000 men. But then God stopped Gideon and he said, hold up, big boy. He said, you've got too many men to go fight. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never heard a military strategist say that. I mean, you know, it's always like the more the merrier, right? But not God. God told Gideon, no, Gideon, you have too many men I want you to call some people. He said, you tell the men all who are afraid and all who are fearful to move forward and to fight, have all of them go home. And you know, in that one moment, 22,000 men left his side and went back home. Boy, you talk about going from the pinnacle to the pit really, really quick. He went from 32,000 men to 22. And then down to 300. God told him, you still have too many men. He gave him instructions. And ultimately, Gideon ended up with only 300 men to go fight this incredible army that he was about to face. But this story teaches all of us a very important lesson, church. 
It's not about how many people you have at your side. It's about who you have at your side. The 300 men that God used to defeat the Midianites, as a matter of fact, they didn't really have to lift the sword. All they had to do was obey God and do what he called them to do. My point is this. If you're not willing to let people go or trust God with a crazy-sounding idea to embrace change, to embrace new things in your life, even when they don't always make sense, you're probably going to miss out on the victories that God has for you in life. God's never going to take you backwards. He's only going to move you forwards. It's not to say that, you know, we're no longer friends with these people or, or we no longer talk to them. It's just God has new growth and new things that he's wanting to do. New circumstances and new situations, new stages, new seasons. God's always going to be doing that in our life. We understand that God has connected us with people. Some of those people will be in our life for most all of our life. But then there's other people, there's other places, there's other events and seasons. They're only meant to be for a time. And that time has a purpose, a purpose for you to invest into them and a purpose for them to invest into you. I want to encourage our church, don't allow fear to keep you from moving into your destiny. Don't allow laziness or apathy. Don't allow your pride and your resistance to doing something different. You know, we all have excuses. Well, I've always done it this way. It's always been this way. Our family's always done it that way. Well, that may be, and you've always gotten the same results. Maybe God's wanting to do something new. Maybe God's wanting to do something different. Maybe he wants you to go back to college. Maybe he wants you to let those old friends go so that new friends can come. Maybe God's wanting to move you into a different city, a different location, a different place, a different season of life. It's very important that we are obedient to what God's calling us to do. And I want to challenge you today. Shake off the cobwebs. Walk in faith. Get vision for God doing new things in your life. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with people. Trust in the Lord with new places. Trust in the Lord with new seasons in your life. Don't fight change. Don't let fear hold you back. No, you step out in faith and trust God. You know, like I said, I look back on things in my life being here in the ministry, and it was hard for those things to happen, and change is always hard. But you know what? I wouldn't change any of it. I'm so grateful for the times and the seasons and the places and the stages that God has had me go through. But you know, when I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the floor, I say, God, what do you have new for me today? What's the new battle? What's the new victory? What's the new challenge? Who are the new people that you want to bring in my life for me to influence? I don't want to ever get myself in a position where I get stuck where I refuse to grow, where I refuse to change. And like I said, you're never too old. Nobody's ever too old. Nobody's ever too young for God to do new things in your life. I want to encourage you today, church. God has new things for you. Embrace change. Understand that's God's way of growing you. And don't be afraid. God's been with you this far. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never turned his back on you. And he's not about to start now. You have to trust God with what he's doing in your life 
just like Gideon, even when you don't understand it, even when it may not make any sense to you in the natural at all, you've got to know God knows all the pieces of the puzzle, even the pieces that you can't see or understand. And as we trust God, God will construct that and build our future into the future that he has for us. Can I have an amen? Let's give God a hand clap today. Stand with me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are a God of new beginnings. God, we're grateful today for the people that you brought into our life. We're so thankful for them, God. Thank you for the, the moments of influence and blessing. Thank you for the conversations, the prayers that we've had together. Lord, thank you for certain seasons and stages that we are in in life. Even right now, wherever you're at, just thank God for the season that you're in. But God, we want to be able to verbalize and declare that we're not going to allow ourselves to become resistance to new things. God, we're going to trust you. We're going to put our hand in your hand. And God, when that cloud begins to move, just like you did with your children in the, in the wilderness, when that cloud begins to move, God, we're going to follow. Because God, we don't want to live in a place where your presence is not there. We want to follow your lead. We don't want to get ahead of you, but we certainly don't want to get left by you. God, help us to be sensitive to what you're doing. God, today, lead God and direct us. Use us to be a blessing in people's lives, and we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday for our praise night. Don't miss. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.